Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. The Daily Tech News Show is powered by me, but I couldn't do it on my own. I'd like to thank the over 4,800 other patrons who help keep the show going each day. Visit dailytechnewsshow.com slash support if you too would like to help power this show. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, June 11th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And standing right next to Tom, I'm Justin Robert Young, also in Los Angeles. Hey, wait, how'd you get over there? That's weird. I flew. Wow. Oh. <laughs> boy, boy, are your arms tired. Arms tired. Oh, thank mm. you both did it at the same yeah. time, didn't you? Yeah. Roger Chang, thank you for joining in on the stupidest joke in the world and producing <laughs> the show. Uh, don't mention it. <laughs> I won't again. <laughs> Uh, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Snap announced clear chats, which lets users delete any message sent to another individual or a group on Snapchat. This includes text chats, stickers, audio, and voice notes, and any photo or video snap sent from memories. Snap is also launching the second-gen spectacles on Amazon in the United States, United Kingdom, and Canada for $150. US Instagram has invited reporters... Uh, to a June 20th uh, special event, which is in line with TechCrunch's previous report that Instagram is launching long-form video support. Sources tell TechCrunch that Instagram will let creators upload 4K, full-screen, vertically-oriented videos, which will be available from a centralized hub with curated popular videos. Social media stars and publishers are both rumored partners for the June 20th reveal. Are you receiving the packets of this podcast? Because the open internet guidelines of 2015 are no longer in force in the United States as of Monday. Uh, If you do have complaints about anti-competitive behavior by your ISP, you now make them to the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, not the FCC. The FTC generally limits investigations to antitrust matters, though. Keep that in mind. Many U.S. states have been enacting their own methods of ensuring net neutrality, and a group of 22 states have sued the FCC over the repeal. A federal appeals court in Washington has not set a date for oral arguments. Uh, There's also a movement in the U.S. House right now to overturn the FCC's decision. But as of right now, there are no guarantees of net neutrality in the United States. Chaos! Let's talk a little bit more about Apple. Apple has added a new language to its App Store review guidelines that state that third-party adver- or advertisements in apps, quote, may not run unrelated background processes such as cryptocurrency mining, end quote. Another section states that apps uh, may not mine directly for cryptocurrencies unless the mining is performed in the cloud or otherwise off-device. 
Uh, Apple also said the transactions of cryptocurrency must be carried out by an approved exchange and ICOs must be handled by approved financial institutions. And apps may not use cryptocurrency as a reward for downloading other apps or promoting apps on social networks. Yeah, so uh, the previous guidelines pretty much just said you can use cryptocurrency in your app as long as you don't break any laws. Uh, but Apple's getting more specific about this because the laws aren't really keeping up with the practices and they don't want the crypto mining advertisement that says, hey, we'll give you this free thing if you let us use your spare cycles to mine coin. Even though there's nothing illegal with that, Apple's like, no, we just we just don't want to get into that because sometimes people don't realize what that means. It can probably make the experience of using the phone worse, et cetera, et cetera, is my guess. Yeah, it sounds to me like it's not so much Apple saying, we know it's best for you. If you want uh, this company or this app to mine cryptocurrency in the background, we don't want you to do it. It's more that for the general public of their app store customers, too many people are confused by what this means. Uh, certainly so. And, and also, uh, we are now seeing more uh, you know, cryptocurrencies that can be effectively mined from phone data processors. Yeah, so, sure. You know, th- that, is, that is something that is coming more to prominence. And Apple has taken this kind of stance with uh, intrusive ads before when they allowed ad blockers and stuff on. These are kind of baseline things that they want to safeguard general uh, app performance for the randos who have the phones. Yeah, I mean the Apple the Apple way of doing things has always been we'll tell you what's okay, not the Google way and the general internet way until recently, which was let everything in and then if it causes a problem, then we'll tra- crack down. The on market it. will decide. Yeah, Apple will decide in Apple's universe, and that's why they're like, look, cryptocurrencies can be used; they just have to be approved. We have to say like, oh yeah, Bitcoin, that's fine. Monero, nah, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so I actually don't know if Monero's on the prohibited list or not, but they will decide what's okay. And ICOs is another big one I, I know where there are a lot of scams that run as if they are ICOs. So again, Apple says, we're not going to try to figure out which ones are scams and which ones aren't. We'll just whitelist it. And if yeah. it's an actual financial institution, then we'll let it happen. Yeah. At E3, Microsoft announced five new gaming studios will join Microsoft Studios to help boost the number of first-party games available. That's been one of the dings on the Xbox. Microsoft is acquiring Undead Labs, Playground Games, Ninja Theory, and Compulsion Games. Uh, Forza Horizon is, is one of the games made in that group. And Microsoft's launching a brand new studio in Santa Monica that'll be led by Daryl Gallagher, former head of Crystal Dynamics. Uh, that one's called The Initiative. Microsoft also announced a new Halo game coming called Halo Infinite. Uh, Gears 5 will be out next year. They didn't give a Halo date, by the way. Uh, Gears Pop will be a mobile game of Gears of War with Funko Pops. (laughs) Sounds legit. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, yeah. Uh, Generally, Microsoft didn't offend anyone in its E3 announcement is is sort of the temperature that I keep taking. People excited about a few things. Uh, A couple of the announcements laid flat, but mostly people are like, yeah, they they did fine. Well, I I think that, look, they effectively conceded this console generation. Uh, They they said PS, Sony won. And so now we're looking forward. And so that's why all these announcements were about the things that are going to come. Look at all the big, exciting seeds we are planting so we can then harvest in the normal game cycle of one to two years. Yeah, well, How many Halos are we up to at this point? Oh, gosh, I, I haven't kept up. I mean, Halo uh, Infinite is like, five, it feels uh, like five. the infinite. We're, we're, we're at plus five, infinite. Roger. Is that right? Five. We, we, not counting like 
split. There's some titles I'm where they have. I'm not talking about uh, any of the no uh, spinoffs or yeah, the RTS. Yeah. I think there's five actual Halo Mainline games. I think Halo, Halo Guardians, is the last, the most recent one. But it is the spinoffs and RTS and stuff that kind of give it the impression of being infinite. And now, yes. we have Halo Infinite. Mm. I, how do we? We'll talk a lot with Patrick Beja tomorrow about generally how E3 is going. But uh, Microsoft was sort of first into the pool of what is considered to be a very game centric year. I wouldn't say it's a down year, uh, but a very, a a year where this is, you're going to care if you're into video games about the video games, but there are no wider announcements, no new hardware. Uh, Certainly Microsoft has learned its lesson about trying to be an entertainment center at the entertainment and electronic electronics and entertainment expo. Uh, It's, it's strongly about games and that's what we expect from Sony later today. And that's what we expect from Nintendo and Nintendo direct, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I've never covered E3 as extensively as a lot of our peers have, but I've certainly been there in the past. And I know that the last few years, maybe not last year, but let's say the last five years, you, you had kind of E3 um, journalist veterans complaining like, yeah, it's not so much about games anymore. It's kind of all this media center stuff and it's feels like it's losing some centralized theme. So maybe the pendulum is swinging back a little bit more and Microsoft saying there are some really cool indie companies. We want them under our umbrella, you know, not going to ruin anything. If anything, they're going to get more exposure and it probably is good news to a lot of gaming. Really, they just need to have one or two really out of the ballpark titles to get people excited. I mean, this is this is an entertainment industry to get people to go into your uh, while the garden, you're going to have to give them, dangle out some really awesome candy. And Sony has managed to do that with the PlayStation 4 and with, you know, their first party t- titles from like Naughty Dog, whether it's Uncharted or uh, um, uh, The the Last of Us, uh, you know, things, they're dangling things that people want to play. And Microsoft really hasn't done that. It's kind of odd because Microsoft, in the way, was the antithesis of Nintendo, where Nintendo was all first party, first party, first party. Microsoft was like first party. All right, there's a bunch of third parties. We'll let them kind of we'll kind of coast on their coattails for a while and see how far we get or didn't get. Yeah, and and Microsoft Xbox in general has kind of always been from the moment that Satya Nadella ascended in Microsoft was always kind of the weird uh, uh, unloved. Child, uh, uh, you know, there were the rumors initially that that Xbox might have been sold out or or spun off uh, right. from from Microsoft proper. So, you know, who knows? Who knows where we go from here? But it seems like they are are, are delving back into kind of the core product. The one other thing that I will say is that look, video games are pop culture now, and I think that that's what they've learned is that. If you look at the world of entertainment set-top boxes, that's a commoditized field at this point. You, you can get it on your television. You're never going to get any cheaper than it comes with the TV that you buy. So now steering back into games, I think, is really the right move. Yeah, and and, and the Xbox division, I, I think those fears about Satya Nadella were overblown. I think he just, he's like, I'm going to leave that to Phil because he's yeah. really good at that. And he has been. And Xbox is one of the main drivers of revenue for Microsoft now. Facebook launched a dedicated page called Memories, an expanded collection. Current features such as On This Day are included, and other memories previously pushed to your friends' timelines, or maybe even your own. Not judging you, people that always push your memories at me. Memories will be available through the Memories bookmark, either to the left of the newsfeed on the desktop or in the More tab in the bottom right of the mobile app through notifications and messages in the newsfeed and through facebook.com slash memories. Now, 
I sort of joked a second ago about people pushing their memories on me, but (laughs) it's one of the things I like the least about Facebook. And it's not because I don't think it's a nice tool. I just find that other people's memories that don't involve me are not usually very relevant to me. Now, it doesn't mean that Facebook saying, we know everybody hates this and now it's just going to be all funneled towards a separate section. It's just Facebook saying, here's a better way for you to see all these memories and to maybe think it's a little bit more fun. I suspect that they have a lot of negative feedback from people because it is very spammy. It's not narcissistic. It's you had to be there and I wasn't. So it doesn't mean much to me to have this. Well, and I mean, even sort of like friend anniversary stuff where someone's like, hey, Sarah and I became friends on Facebook eight years ago. That involves me. And I'm usually like, oh, yeah, eight years. But it's. There are certain updates that I think really appeal to certain folks and not others. And so Facebook is probably reading the tea leaves a little bit and figuring out where to funnel this stuff. And and what I think this move is, is that you're right. It doesn't really interest you if you publish to the rest of your friend graph that something happened at some point. It does matter when you can look back and deep dive and explore your history that Facebook has recorded. And so if this is more about, oh, on this day I did that, oh, okay, I can privately process even one of the biggest criticisms with their memories is that Facebook's, you know, Facebook doesn't discriminate between the time that you had a painful breakup and the time that you had the best day of your life, right? They're just going that's by why, likes and interactions. That's why I uninstalled Time Hop because there were just too many times where I was like, mm, yeah, that was... Yeah. I, I hate that guy. Uh, and the, the memories feature includes controls to adjust what content you want to see because they do realize, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to be reminded like, hey, remember five years ago when, you know, someone you really cared about died or your your relationship ended? Like, yeah. they're, they're going to give you some control over that because yeah not i'll not, be curious to see exactly how effective that is me but too unless unless you're tagging posts never show me again please throw it down the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind memory hole this is where those of you worried about the algorithm should realize if the algorithm can't keep those away from you it's still not there yet yeah if it was an inspirational quote you don't <laughs> need to remind me that you posted it absolutely The U.S. Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory unveiled a new Summit Supercomputer Friday, uh, rated to perform at 200,000 trillion calculations per second, or 200 petaflops. That puts it in front of China's 93 petaflop Taihu Light, uh, which has been had been the world's fastest since 2016. Summit will uh, was built with uh, IBM Power Nine CPUs. And NVIDIA Tesla V100 GPUs. It'll be used for research and field, including energy, health, advanced materials, and artificial intelligence. Yeah, and and anybody who follows supercomputers, you know, exascale is is the big is the big word. You want to get a supercomputer that can work at exascale, uh, beyond just petaflops. And there are they, you know, the, this is in the supercomputer world, sort of the the puffery language. They're like it can achieve exascale type speeds in certain instances. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, there's a couple of interesting things going on here. One is U.S. taking back the top, uh, and there's been a race for years now between China and the U.S. about who's going to have the fastest supercomputers. And honestly, it's a good race because they keep pushing each other, and we keep getting these more powerful computers, and we forget. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When it's common for people to say, like, yeah, I have a supercomputer in my pocket. It's like, well, you have what was a supercomputer in the 80s in your pocket. Uh, A supercomputer now is better than that yeah, and can do things that no other computer on earth can do in a short time. So diagnosis of new diseases is something that a 200 petaflop supercomputer might be able to do and, and cure something, or at least provide the information to lead to a cure that was impossible before this, uh, AI, uh, that, that, that can actually make advances in AI, not by tricks or programming efficiencies, but because of the sheer immense horsepower that gives it the ability to do more calculations per second. So this is huge for lots of, of really deep research. And now with, with artificial intelligence, I feel like we have a, you know, we were talking earlier today about this being kind of a space race type yeah. concept. A lot of people right? describe it as that with exascale being the moon landing. With being the moon landing. And I think that now, uh, part of what brings in the rest of the world is going to be the idea of like, oh, wait, no, machine learning. I have a general idea that machine learning, the faster it can learn things and the more we can feed it, the better yeah. it's going to be, the better AI is going to be. And that's something where I feel like now we're not just talking about this general idea, this capacity that we're building for who knows what. There are specific, understandable by the baseline consumer of this kind of news understanding of what this would be used for. And 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 we will see this one get passed. Uh, it, it may be a couple of years yet. Uh, and we may not be in the U.S. It may not be Lawrence Livermore. It may not be Oak Ridge. It may be another Taihu uh, or something like it. But I, I would like to see even more countries get involved in this. This this to me is a positive way for countries to compete and push each other. Yeah. Uh, especially because a lot of the research that comes out of these supercomputers is shared in the academic community, not hoarded in proprietary ways, which I almost am tempted to say, unlike Google and Facebook and those guys, but honestly, as far as AI goes, Google and Facebook have been very good about open sourcing yeah. most, if not all, of what they do there. Also, let's remember this day, June 11, 2018, as the day that we had the petaflop supercomputer story. So in a decade, everyone would go, oh, remember when that was a Remember super- when 200 oh. petaflops uh, used to be yeah. real fast? Exactly. My now I've got, 13 is an exaflop. I've got 200 petaflops on my wallet clip. There's probably a Facebook memory of me like uh, 
touting some 50 petaflop computer on Buzz Out Loud back in the day. So there you go. My first Uh, computer had like 12 megabytes of RAM or something like that. (laughs) Microsoft is accepting pre-orders in the UK and the US for its $100 Xbox adaptive controller with shipping beginning August 3rd. We've talked about this on the show before. The adaptive controller is designed for accessibility. Two large programmable buttons, 19 jacks that be connected to peripherals like joysticks, buttons, and switches. Uh, And I like to see that this was getting a lot of play out of the E3 news. One of the reasons is it's one of the few hardware pieces of news coming out of E3, uh, but also more accessibility for gaming is a positive thing because it brings more gamers into the world. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we've, uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but I think that the more the, that you can have the ability to see uh, people interact with it, and, and I'll be curious to see because uh, it, it's now a platform, right? Like it's yeah. something that you can build specific tools for. And I'm, I'm wondering if there's any other types of devices that aren't getting the attention because this is Microsoft that this is getting. Uh, and especially want to know if there's anybody that's using this once it goes on sale. It's it's not going to start hitting stores until September, but you can order it from the Microsoft store now. And the first shipping dates were August 3rd. They may have slipped by now if they've sold a bunch of them. But if anybody does use this, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. I'd like to hear more about it for sure. Yeah, even, even accessibility obviously is the focus here. But with 19 jacks, I'd be interested to see you know, what somebody decides, this is my rig. I've figured it out yeah. because there, yeah, there are a lot of peripherals that you can, you can um, add to your gaming experience and whether it's ex- accessibility that you actually need, or it's just the way that you like to work. Um, lots of options. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You guys want to talk about hip hop? Yeah. I know you do. I know Tom does. Music Business Worldwide reports that Apple has hired Ryan Newman, the editor for the BBC's Hip Hop and Grime Focused. Grime is very popular UK sort of hip hop music genre. Stormzy. Skepta. Yeah. To bring his expertise to Apple Music. Now, not the first time this has happened. Apple previously recruited Radio 1's Zane Lowe, the very well-known DJ and also... uh, Interviews everybody uh, these days on the Apple Music channel Beats One. Also worth noting that Austin Dabo, formerly of Radio One, is now senior editor for Spotify's UK programming. So kind of an interesting trend going on where Spotify and Apple Music, obviously kind of the two front runners, but music services are piggybacking on DJ and music personalities own kind of curated audience to beef up their cred well i I think it it, it's it makes sense that they are pulling from bbc radio because there are few places that have that radio means as much as it does in the uk and and because of bbc radio it is listened to by so many their radio culture there i think is interesting and different where in america it's a little bit more diffuse and regionalized uh so in, in in an odd way, I feel like they're they are kind of leading the way programming wise uh, because they can they can do things that uh, are, isn't possible in in the American radio market. But I don't know. I mean, like like Zane Lowe, I thought was a really really smart hire for Apple initially, and he did like one Drake interview that I listened to, and then uh, it, it feels like I although I'm a happy Apple Music subscriber, I feel like I have not gotten a lot out of their radio feature aside from that initial buzz. I'm with you, and I use Apple Music on a daily basis. And there are certain playlists, like there's the you know kind of uh, uh, that's called like A1 Hip Hop or whatever. And I'm always yeah. playing that because they 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 rotate through a lot of songs that I might not uh, find otherwise. But 
Yeah, the DJ stations, sometimes there'll be an interview where I'm, I'm interested or some, sometimes there'll be sort of a guest DJ or there are certain kind of appointment viewing uh, things that, that Apple Music, and I know Spotify does this as well, draws me in, but I miss most of it. Yeah, and I just don't feel like they have I Gotta Listen Every Day content. Like, and and I don't I don't know what, or if they want that. Like, I would assume they did. They made a real big deal about Beats 1 Radio when it launched. And it's still going, and they haven't fired Zane Lowe. Instead, they've gone and hired another BBC yeah. radio programmer, DJ. So. Right. My guess, yeah, without knowing anything else, is well enough to. Yeah, to there, there are, may not be working for you, but it must be working for somebody. It's got to right? be working for somebody. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I would like to see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe all the kids are on Beats well, One. No, that, that's funny because I, when I'm thinking about this story, the general principle I pull out of it is I would have thought radio DJs would be a dying art relegated to super niche areas, right? Yeah. Uh, it was always, when I was coming up in radio, the the assumption was, yeah, you might get lucky and become a Rick D's, but you probably won't. Uh, yeah. So if you want to have a lucrative career, you might want to try something else. Uh, and what this is showing is you still, in the world of algorithms and Pandora, yeah. where everyone is like, oh, Spotify can make a playlist that's perfect for you, there's still value being put on human curation. And your resistance to this kind of tempers my enthusiasm because I'm like, well, maybe they're just betting on it and pouring more money after bad, good money after bad. I don't know. But if they're right and they're like, no, we're seeing the return. People like Beats One better than the, than the algorithmic playlist. People want to have a grime station that is programmed by somebody that really knows this space. Yeah then this is an example of what I've been saying for a long time, which is the robots won't replace you. The robots will give you the latitude no. to pay people to do really high quality work. And I will think that there are, I do think that there are two different elements about radio that are uh, there and they're both kind of on the ascendancy in their own ways. One is obviously music, finding music that you like from people that you uh, want to, uh, that you are investing as tastemakers. The second is the talk element, the personality element, and that I think is also on the ascendancy. You've seen, you know, a cultural relevance for shows like The Breakfast Club or or, or the Dan Lebitard show on uh, the sports side. They're becoming more and more reliable draws as television properties. So these things in in the in the shattering monoculture. Person, radio personalities, which are always the ones that kind of build the the tribes, uh, uh, are on on the rise. So who knows? I don't know. There's something about the fact that, and I, I'm just putting this together right now, so it's not a fully formed thought. But there's something about the fact that when someone gives you a recommendation in context, it works so much better. Yeah. So if someone explains to you, let me explain what Dunkirk was historically, then shows you the Dunkirk trailer, you're way more likely to be interested in seeing that movie than if someone just said, hey, there's a movie about Dunkirk, some World War II thing. And you're like, I'm not really into World War II. Same thing with music. If a really good DJ puts the song in context before you plays it and tells you a little bit about the artist, going back Casey Kasem style, American yeah. Top 40, you're more likely to listen closely and maybe like that song than you would have if they're just play it cold and in, in some automated playlist. And I think Justin, you were, you were, you were hitting on this earlier is that 
There may be an age thing here, but I know for me, I still listen to terrestrial radio. Certain stations, I know what's happening. You know, Morning Becomes Eclectic is on a local station here in LA, and I love that show. And I listen to all the stuff that they play, even though it's not up to me. When, you know, Pandora came along, it was like, well, it's kind of, you know, a little bit more algorithmic, but still, you don't really know what you're getting. And then we got streaming music services where it's like, I know what I can get and I don't really need to rely on this. So it's a little hard for me to use uh, the same format because I've supposedly gotten a solution for the way that things used to be. But I think perhaps younger or just folks that are, have different musical tastes don't necessarily see it that way. Yeah. Having a curated DJ session on Beats 1 on Apple Music is just as good as radio, if not better. Maybe we need a Ryan Newman for news. Mm. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines, available on the Anchor app, also on Amazon Echo and the Google Home. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Submit stories and also vote on them to, you know, let us know what you like, want to hear more about. DailyTechNewsShow.reddit.com. We also have a Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash DailyTechNewsShow. And we know it's like 80s era technology, but we still read those electronic mail messages. From <laughs> yeah, we do. We don't even send them to spam. Uh, Michael in rainy season Yokohama, as he describes it, has some thoughts on our Japan Airbnb story from Friday where a lot of Airbnbs were getting shut down. Michael says, one of my jobs is actually helping tourists get baseball and those kinds of tickets when they're visiting Japan. And the Airbnb regulation changes are hitting my customers big time. My services didn't used to serve Airbnb customers specifically, but when I started doing this a few years ago, a lot of the hosts were actually holding companies not necessarily complying with their building's rental agreements. Because our guest names aren't on the box number for the room, sometimes delivery of tickets to the Airbnb were failed or denied, even when a host agreed to accept a package for a guest. I don't think they knew what they were agreeing to, and so they weren't always accepting registered mail. I eventually worked with the Japan Post to have customers pick up their packages of tickets at, say, a local post office. I can usually get them close to... By many Airbnb hosts not giving a complete address. But because of the hassle, I'm getting emails from people who are just changing their plans. And I have a feeling that this next week is going to be busy redirecting packages. Uh, can uh, what, 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 were, what were the changes? I, I did not uh, uh, catch up on this. Uh, basically, you had to be registered. And the story we mentioned the other day was that if you weren't registered already and you had bookings after June 15th, you had to cancel those bookings. Wow. Okay, so because I we stayed in Japan on an Airbnb, and uh, it was a great thing, but they were very cagey. Our host was very clear to not talk to anybody else in the building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you uh, get that in the States, too. <laughs> and, and Michael, yeah. Michael was, uh, was very uh, circumspect in talking about his service, but I'm familiar with it because I, I didn't realize he was a Buzz Out Loud listener back then, but I looked up japanball.com as a possible way to go to Jap- Japan. Oh, nice. And Japanball is uh, in partnership with Bob Bavese, a former GM from Major League Baseball, and they do baseball tours of Japan. Oh, nice. So anyway, uh, Michael didn't ask for the plug, but I'm going to give it anyway. You might nice. want to check out Japanball. Japanball.com. Well, thanks, Michael. And also thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us.
us in person at yeah. Tom's uh, Daily Tech News Show headquarters. What's been going on with you? Did you have a fun weekend? We did, yeah. Thank you to every Daily Tech News Show listener who came out to our uh, Night Attack live shows. Brian yeah. and I did shows in San Diego and Los Angeles over the last two days. It was a blast to see everybody. We had great crowds, so thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody who did that. But if you want to keep up with the political side of the world... FreePoliticalNewsletter.com is where you need to go. A lot of stuff happening, including out in the Pacific Rim, the big Trump-Oon Summit going on as we speak. So go ahead and get uh, you know, some links, some hot takes, and a few gifts, mostly from The Chappelle Show. <laughs> Absolutely. Go check that out. And I echo the thanks. Uh, so many cool people at the Night Attack show uh, and so many more DTNS listeners than I expected. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. totally. It was it was a blast. Fantastic. Thank you guys for coming. Thanks to everybody who came up and said hi. Even one person who's like, I didn't say hi the last time I was at Nerdtacular, so I made myself say hi. Good job. Thank you. Thanks. It nice it's always you. better when you say hi. And uh, folks, don't forget that we are supported by patrons. Uh, if you are giving us a dollar a month or more, thank you, thank you, thank you for making it possible for us to keep doing the show. We always want to have at least one more patron than last month, though. So if you haven't supported us, it's a dollar. Uh, if you get a dollar's worth of value out of the show, we'd love to have it. Patreon.com slash DTNS. And the other way we fund the show uh, for people who just want some cool gear is with our store. DailyTechNewsShow.com slash store uh, has hats and T-shirts and hoodies and even onesies and yeah. all kinds of cool stuff. So check that out too. DailyTechNewsShow.com slash store. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. That's an easy way to get a hold of us, although you have other options. We are also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. If you want to find out more, I will tell you where to go. Dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with some E3 commentary from Patrick Beja. He's been working hard covering it. We'll hear from him and the rest of us tomorrow. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.